Hey there, welcome to Your Living Health. This is the podcast where we talk about real life strategies to reduce your chronic inflammation. Each episode, we're going to uncover tools for how you can lose weight and achieve optimal health. I'm your host, Carly Lucchese. I'm a UC Davis trained registered dietitian, and I'm also a life coach. So together, let's coach through the science of inflammation, but in a way that's simple, purposeful, and fun. You ready? Let's go. Hey there. Today, it's a very special day, my friends, and I cannot wait to share this with you because today we get to go ahead and chat about one of the most valuable and important tools you can incorporate into your life. This tool, of course, is fasting. Uh, Many of you, you might already be fasting, and I think that's great. Some of you might want to, but don't even know where to start. And um, I think, unfortunately, some of you might already be fasting, but not using this tool to its full potential. So whether you're fasting or not, this episode, it's going to help you to understand this tool a little bit more thoroughly. And hopefully it will help some of you to use fasting as a tool with more strategy involved. Um, I know you're looking to reduce your chronic inflammation. That's why you're listening to this podcast in the first place. This tool is perfect to help you in that journey. So let's go ahead and begin. Um, So fasting, it simply means to abstain from some or all kinds of foods. So there are different ways for how to fast, and there are many different reasons to fast. But I think it's very important to first understand that there is no universal method for how to fast. There is no best way to fast, and there's absolutely no best reason to fast. Fasting is this universal, gorgeous tool that is moldable to your unique situations and your unique goals, the things that you're pursuing. And when you understand this, it can be very powerful and important to come into your fast, kind of knowing what you're hoping to achieve as an outcome of your fast, no matter the duration, right? And what you're going to focus your attention on during your time away from food and drink. Uh, So I want to start today with just kind of going over some of the different forms of fasting that are out there. And we're definitely going to stay primarily in the category that's called intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting, generally it refers to a period of time that is between like 12 to 48 hours, somewhere in that gap. Anything longer than the 48 hour mark is more considered to be prolonged fasting. And that you know, like, duh, for obvious reasons, it can be a little bit more challenging to incorporate into your everyday life. Not impossible, but just a little bit more challenging when you're pushing it past that two-day mark without food. So either time of day will activate the same processes that you want to trigger or activate during a fast to satisfy those same purposes. So it doesn't matter if you sleep overnight or if you're during the day, um, you know, overnight, assuming that you're not a nighttime eater, you are, you're entering a fast. And when you eat in the morning, that is when you're breaking your fast, hence breakfast, right? And then if you extend your fast through part of the morning, 
you can easily meet that 12-hour fasting window to complete your first 12-hour fast. It could look like a simple time gap of, you know, you stop eating at 8 and you don't eat until 8 in the morning. So 8 to 8, it could be 7 to 7, 9 to 9, like you get the idea. And this is a really good place to start if you have never toyed or uh, played with fasting before. And if you're wanting to kind of ease into things, especially if maybe you're on some medications and you don't really know how your body's going to adjust to this. But then from there, if you do well with that 12-hour window, it's great to then begin to extend that window, you know, one hour at a time until you have reached that 14 or 16-hour threshold. So I believe that this is the duration of fasting that is... um, kind of the most easy to recommend. It's the most um, commonly recommended. Uh, A minimum of 14 hours, and then I like to extend things up to around a 36-hour window. To me, this just seems to be that window of time that's the most valuable in activating, you know, those, um, those processes that produce longevity. But then also, I think more importantly, too, is to tap into those mental challenges that fasting brings up. So there's another form of fasting that you could try, and this is called alternating day fasting. And that means that you eat, um, you know, as desired during a 24-hour period. And then the following 24-hour period is a period of fasting for 24 hours. Um, Or a different type of fasting is that you can choose to abstain Um, Not from all foods, but you can choose to abstain from certain types of foods, right? Like you can create an insulin fast where you're going throughout a period of time without triggering that insulin system to be secreted. Or you can, you know, choose to fast from different drinks or nutrients or just certain things that you have kind of targeted within a particular period of time. But today we're just going to focus on abstaining from food. Uh, versus abstaining from a certain nutrient category. Uh, We can definitely save that for another episode. It is very valuable in itself. I do recommend it often with my clients, but today we're focusing on abstaining from all calories in general. Um, Fasting, it's incredibly flexible to whatever you want to do with it, and it's moldable to whatever goals you want to tackle. So I want to now, let's go into the reasons for what you um, may want to consider or why you want to consider uh, bringing fasting into your your toolkit. Uh, so fasting, it has many different purposes. I'm sure there, I know that there's going to be many reasons more than the ones that I'm about to go over. Um, but today, I just want to focus on the reasons why I personally fast and the reasons for why I often include fasting when working with my clients. So, and I always want to start by really talking and honing in on that top-down control mechanism. So first and foremost, fasting, it will help you to better understand what hunger feels like. So it can be really easy to be tricked by your body's circadian hunger, hunger cycle. So what I mean by this is that you have a hunger cycle that will enlist different hormone release and gastric enzyme release and uh, provoke thoughts and smell sensitivity and other cues starting 
when you normally begin to eat. If you normally begin eating at 6 a.m., well, it's going to probably start right around 6 a.m. guessing when you normally begin eating. And then this circadian cycle is going to continue every three to four hours until you go to sleep. So your body, it's really good at guessing. It likes to guess. It always kind of wants to jump the ball a little bit, right? And it's always going to try to guess when you're going to eat next, or it's going to try to guess when you should start eating based on what you've done over the past few days. But my friends, this is not true hunger. And I hope that somebody has told you that over your lifetime, but like, I hope that maybe I can help you to understand that that is not hunger. That is just kind of this circadian hunger cycle based on this guessing game that your body does. This is kind of like your body saying like, hey, check it out. It's been a few hours. Hello. And I think it's time to eat. You don't need food at this point. At this point, it would just be a little bit more convenient for your body, right? So fasting, it can be incredibly useful by helping you to identify when you're actually hungry and when your body just thinks that you're hungry. Big difference between the two. Fasting will help you to understand this, right? You will begin to identify as you fast for longer and longer the different levels of your own personal hunger. Everyone has a different hunger scale, right? Like everybody is going to feel different, have different cues at different times. And Even your own hunger scale is going to feel different based on, um, you know, what's going on in your life or how hungry, what you ate before your fast, whatever the thing. So your negative 10 on your hunger scale, it's going to feel different than someone else's negative 10. And it's probably going to feel different than your negative 10 the last time you fasted. But fasting, it creates this unique environment where you can finally figure out what your true hunger feels like. And it's going to provide you an opportunity to experience all the different feels, all the different emotions and physical cues that your body is going to use in order to try to get you to eat. So that's, you know, The reason one (laughs) is so that you can finally understand what true hunger feels like. So in addition to helping you to better understand your hunger scale, fasting is going to help your body to remember how to convert between its different macronutrient fuel sources. So what I mean by this is that your body is lazy, All of our bodies are lazy. We all have the same human body, essentially, right? Because all bodies love to burn carbohydrates. So this is most commonly used in the form of glycogen. But funny thing is that your body has multiple other fuel sources, which includes burning fat or burning muscle. Those are the three different fuel sources, carbs, fat, and protein. And the thing is, it just easily forgets that it can do this, it doesn't really like to burn fat or muscle. So it throws a little temper tantrum when you make it begin burning things other than glycogen. So symptomatically, what you might see, what I commonly see when your body throws a temper tantrum is that you'll have, you know, the shakiness, you'll have some brain fog, you'll have weakness and lethargy, probably that classic headache and other symptoms that people commonly feel like they're having this low blood sugar. 
chances are, unless you're on some diabetes medications or you have any type of history or or pre-exposed to like type 1 diabetes, you're probably not going low blood sugar. This is just your body being lazy, okay? It's resisting the transition between burning glycogen and burning fat or muscle. So the more that you fast, the easier body, the easier your body will transition between burning the glycogen and then burning your fat or your muscle. So this is what I like to call being fat adapted. So this is when your body, it no longer throws a temper tantrum, when you begin running low on your glycogen stores, and then it starts to begin to seamlessly transition between those different fuel sources as you fast for varying lengths of time. So this is when, so once you've kind of gotten past that point where your body's throwing this like constant temper tantrum, that's when you're going to be able to begin fasting for longer periods of time. And when you start fasting, please don't be discouraged. Don't be surprised when your body, it's going to fight you. Just anticipate it and count on it. Okay. So fasting, uh, so those, those are kind of two of the big top-down reasons, understanding what hunger is and helping your body to not be so lazy. So fasting, of course, it's a very important tool for establishing that top-down control um, because your body is going to aggressively be telling you to eat. So you're going to have to experience all of these different unanswered effects from the hormones and the chemicals and the physical cues that hunger holds. But one of the most powerful things that you're going to get to do to kind of hone in on that top-down control over your body is learning the art for how to use your brain to calm the effect of your body through the power of your un- or through the power of your intentional thinking, your intentional thoughts. Because I promise you, During your fasting, everywhere you look, your brain is going to be offering you up thoughts that are going to be for the sole purpose of trying to get you to eat, right? These thoughts are going to sound like, that sounds so good, or you could fast tomorrow, or um, your brain would maybe try to trick you into eating by like, this is going to be way too hard today, or you're going to pass out, or you your work today it needs more brain power there's no way that you can fast today your your brain remember it is this powerful and very um very good salesman right like your brain is going to be on the pursuit of food so everywhere you turn you're going to hear a sales pitch for why eating is the best thing that you can possibly do in that moment These thoughts will be very hard not to adopt because many of them are going to be very true, okay? Your brain loves to give you thoughts that are very true in order for you to adopt those thoughts so it gets you to do a certain behavior. And many of you are going to passively adopt a lot of these thoughts. And if it doesn't cause you to break your fast, it's absolutely going to cause this fast to be a hundred times more challenging, So, but when I say that you need to choose to think intentionally, that does not mean just passively adopting those unuseful thoughts of your primal brain. Instead, it means that I want you to choose to parent your toddler brain with your adult brain and adopt thoughts 
that sound a little bit more intentional, something like this. So you could respond. So when your brain tells you, oh my God, that sounds so good right now. You could say, I know that sounds good, but today we're not going to indulge. Or when your brain offers up, this is impossible. You can respond to your brain and say, hey brain, I know this feels impossible, but let's just see what happens, right? Or your brain, you might respond to your brain like, I know it feels like we're going to pass out, (laughs) but let's just set a timer for 20 minutes and let's just see what symptoms come up next and write them down, right? So another way that I come up or I respond back to my brain might sound like I know that we need to be on point today, brain. So this is when my brain is offering up, you know, like that, that I need to really be on my A game for work, but I'm choosing to fast. I could say that I know we need to be on point today, brain, but this is exactly why we're fasting. Let's teach our body how to become more adaptable. Like we can do this. So when you learn the skill of parenting your toddler brain, it will allow a fast to become a much more enjoyable process. It will kind of transition you out of that that sensation that you're kind of like white knuckling it hour by hour through this miserable experience of hunger pains and weakness. Fasting should not feel like that. If you are feeling like it's just a 12-hour white-knuckled process of misery, you're probably doing it wrong. And that's when I would incorporate this art of really parenting your toddler brain with your adult brain. So now let's kind of transition out of that top-down approach. And I want to talk more about the benefits of fasting when it comes to your body as a system. So there has been more and more research coming out about the benefits of fasting, but I don't want to get too much in the weeds of the scientific research, okay? So we're more going to skim the surface here and just help you to understand kind of the broad stretch of benefits that fasting holds for your body. So fasting, it triggers, um, most importantly, this process of cellular cleanup. This is what's called autophagy. So when your body experiences uh, these small short-term periods of stress, like that intentional stress, the systems in your body, they are in place to be activated and they're in place to help to prepare and strengthen your body for the fight of its life, right? This is part of that fight or flight response. So, but what happens is that this system, it's going, when it gets triggered by this intentional stress, this system will remove dead and dying cellular debris and it's going to get rid of damaged cells that may mutate to create cancer or create Alzheimer's or other nasty conditions such as Parkinson's or other dementia type um, brain uh, decline. Autophagy, it is highly beneficial of a system to trigger on a regular basis. This isn't like a one and done system. This is something that you really want to be triggering on an ongoing basis, not constantly, but this off and on type setting. In addition to autophagy, fasting improves your fatty acid metabolism, which is kind of your HDL, LDL, cholesterol, triglycerides. It's going to improve your blood sugar sensitivity by means of your insulin response. It's going to reduce systemic inflammation, which is the whole point of this podcast, right? 
It's going to improve your gut bacterial environment, kind of the ratios of good to bad bacteria. It's going to improve your blood pressure regulation. For a lot of people, what this looks like is reducing your blood pressure in a favorable direction, right? And it can also induce a reduction in body weight simply by those periods of time where you are choosing not to take in calories. So it's through these improved sensitivities and upregulations that your body, it can have this increase to longevity. And when you improve these areas, conveniently, this is when you get to skirt past those developing chronic diseases. You will get to avoid excess medications. And most importantly, you will be the person who gets to avoid the treadmill of doctor appointment visits, right? That's going to steal away your retirement years. Nobody wants this. That is not the goal of longevity. You do not want to live to 100 and have the last 50 years of it be in and out of the doctor's office just kind of skirting on that brink of death, right? No, that's not longevity. Fasting is going to help you to shift this curve so that you experience good quality of life until the inevitable time where that age-related decline takes over. But our goal is to begin to shift this curve, to have quality of life longer. That is what is um, sought after when we try to achieve longevity. You can avoid this future now, that doctor's appointments and misery now, by taking care of your body today. And how you can take care of your body today is by intentionally choosing to fast on a regular basis, okay? So two more topics I want to discuss include how to fast and why you shouldn't fast. So I first want to start with how to fast. So when I think of fasting, um, when you fast or, you know, when you maybe start to fast, you will want to avoid all sources of calories in order to eliminate the need to begin digestion. That's the whole goal. You do not want to start the process of digestion. So you can drink lots of water. Please drink lots of water. You can drink electrolytes that don't contain any type of carbohydrates or dextrose or sugar or anything like that. You can drink plain tea. Don't have it sweetened or no artificial sweeteners. You can have plain black coffee or um, you can have other zero calorie liquid products. Please avoid artificial sweeteners or anything containing any types of calories. So uh, you will want to include electrolytes into your fast. This is going to really help you to avoid any excessive brain fog or muscle weakness or even muscle cramping. Do not overdo these though. Like I don't want you to have electrolytes in every single fluid that you drink for the for the entire duration of your fast. But definitely aim to include these at least once daily. And then you will likely, just so you know, you will break your fast if you have anything above 5 to 10 calories. That's all it'll take, okay? And especially if any of those calories are carbohydrates. That will really cause you to break a fast. And now I want to really quick talk about reasons why you should not fast. 
Some of you, it is not really appropriate to fast. So if you do have type 1 diabetes or if you're on any type of insulin therapy or other medications that cause a lowering effect to your blood sugars, I want you to be very careful or avoid fasting completely. You don't want to cause a low blood sugar event, right? Duh, because those are very dangerous to your health. If you have a lot of food fear or if you um, have been diagnosed with any form of eating disorder, again, I don't feel that fasting is probably the most beneficial thing for you to include in your daily life. You're maybe going to want to work instead on improving your relationship with food instead of choosing to avoid food completely. And one more very important thing is that if you are fasting just for the sole purpose of losing weight, and if you go into a fast excited and you just see the amount of calories that you won't be eating, you probably shouldn't fast because there are so many more benefits to fasting that are far more superior than the weight loss effect that can be experienced. Like if your brain is focused on using starvation as a form of weight loss, I want to offer up that your brain might not be in the right place to fast. And you simply, you will not have access to a lot of those top-down benefits that we just discussed through fasting. Because your brain, it's going to be hyper-focused in this punishment type form of starvation and fasting that's not how to use fasting and if you're going into it and those thoughts keep coming up you might not be ready to fast and we might need to go over a few more things first before we begin to use this tool in your life all right so we have gone over a ton of information today Um, I hope that you can see the amazing benefits of fasting. And I really hope that you'll consider incorporating this into um, your week, maybe even this week, you can start your first fast. I know that we haven't gone over everything there is to know about fasting. And I think that's okay. Because as these episodes go on, I'm sure I'm going to touch on the some of the other benefits that happen because of fasting. Like I said, I do use fasting very often in my own personal life and I uh, encourage a lot of my clients to incorporate fasting. So I feel like I'm just going to be naturally talking about it a lot as these episodes go on. Um, Plus, I really don't want to extend these episodes too long because I know that you're busy, right? So if you have any pressing questions, I offer, um, just go ahead and put them in the comments and I will be sure to personally answer each and every one of them. All right, everyone. Thanks for your time. Um, I look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye. Hey, change is hard and doing it without professional guidance can make it seem impossible. If you're willing to do the work, I can make your path to longevity straight and strategic. Take the first step, head on over to yourlivinghealth.com and book your free consult so we can chat about your unique situation. And please take a second or two and leave me a review. Thank you for your interest in reducing your chronic inflammation and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.